0: Okay, welcome on the Skype world. Um, welcome back to our weekly Wednesday night share. We missed last week due to matan Tera How ironic comes the yamtiv that has to do with the matan Tera, the receiving of the Tera and that's the yamtiv that uh, and that comes out on a Wednesday night, so we don't have the shiur. Horrific. Pasha Shlach. <laughs> Yud Gimel Sivan, Tav Shana Aleph. Happy anniversary to all those that have Yud base Sivan. Have anniversaries. Yud Beis Sivan marks the completion of the Yemei Tashlumim. Completion of the days, of which. The can be brought, can be sacrificed. And as we've mentioned before, that until you base the Chedish Sivin, is not recited. So today, Achena B'nai Yisrael resumed the recital of Tachnon, barring, of course, if one of the Chsanim from the last week showed up in shul. And that case, of course, are those of Baal Briz. Then in that case, there would not be any Taknan. Tachnon would be omitted. So ultimately, this morning, I believe, Shachas, we did say Tachnon, but Mincha there was a or two or three in 770. we told the story this past Shabbos. blavi Parij, who never ceases to amaze me, was here in New York, I didn't even ask him for what, I guess, for a chassana, <coughs> sorry, and um, he told me a very interesting story that he had just heard, obviously not a story that just happened, but a story that he had just heard. There's a fellow in the Shvakin that unfortunately did not have any children for many, many years. And it came Tekias and Rosh Hashanah. And he decided by Tekias and Rosh Hashanah that he's going to stand there and have all the Kavanis requesting, beseeching the Almighty for a bracha for a child. And he did just that. He stood. Hold on, we have a problem. Oh gosh. Uh, Everybody went off. Okay. Someone unplugged the internet. It went down on me. Can somebody please check? The plug tends to come out over there. Um. Yeah. if it. People get the internet back. I can't get. Can you check the? Did you check the plug there. Now make sure push it in. The one on the left side, the big plug, tends to loosen its way out. They have no internet. phones are working. No, it's not working so the whole thing is unplugged that main thing Pekito no? decided that he's going to be he's going to devote his entire kavanis to asking and requesting a bracha for a child The Rebbe made the brachas for the Kiyas. Thank you. We just did that. The Rebbe made the brachas for the Kies. And as the Rebbe... took the Shefah, to blow the Shefah the Rebbe was having a very hard time and the fellow felt maybe it was his fault maybe it was his fault that the Rebbe was not able to blow Shefah And he was very, very upset about it. And he decided, he made that everything would be okay, God will save, God will provide. And he stopped thinking about it. When he stopped thinking about it, the the Rebbe took the Shefer, the Rebbe was able to blow Shefer. A year later, nine months later, a little baby boy was born, Baruch Hashem. And
1: everything was very,
0: very beautiful. The child was a few months old and he took the child to the Rebbe. And as he stood by the Rebbe, the Rebbe looked at the child and said, This is the child from Takiyas. And so we see by the Rebbe, thoughts don't just go under the table. By the Rebbe, thoughts are very, very strong, very, very severe. Which takes us to the thoughts of the Rebbe of the generation of Meshit Rabbeinu. Shlach Lecha Anoshim, the Almighty, the Elisha tells him, send to you people. And Rashi immediately says, Lecha You send on your own. Now, the truth of the matter is, if the Elisha didn't want them to go, the would not have let them go. The should would have seen to it. They could not travel. How many stories do we hear of such? As we look, we see that there is a very interesting little dispute taking place between the Eivishti and Meish The dispute being Really? The dispute between Moshe and the Eivishtah in your oh, okay. The dispute between Moshe and the Eivishtah. The e-bishtha says, I don't know if you recall Moshe, but the Eden, the men, when it came to Amalek, by the Yamsuf, started to complain and to cry and to moan. Or by take us back to Mitzrayim by Chet or they thought you died. Make us a new leader. Take us back to Mitzrayim. The men apparently says the is not so enamored with that to show. So the Abish gave Moshe an You understand, Send ladies, send women to look at the land. Because as you might know, the women are enamored. The women are crazy about the land. The women only want to go into that show. So much so that the B'nai Tzulofchad came and they presented the whole story because they wanted a portion in that show. Send women. Moshe was of the belief that these people are sincere. These Meraglim that he's going to send are sincere and they love the Holy Land. And based on that, the Elisha tells them, Send your people. So the Elisha in essence, as far as sending spies, to cause the belief of the person, because the belief of a person is based on, We don't rely on a miracle. So we tell you, you, don't rely on a miracle. What does that mean? It means, you're not, it means you only have to do natural. You're not going to ever rely on a miracle? No. First, you do natural. Natural is not successful. You have no choice but to rely on a miracle. So the natural was done that they sent and they sent spies. Spies came back and said it's not natural, it's not normal that we should conquer. Good. In that case, we have to rely on a miracle. And Moshe davens for Yeshua. He adds a Yud to his name, Heisheah, he adds a Yud to call him Yeshua, giving him a name of Hashem in front of his name what was so important to the name of Hashem, that Hashem should advise him to go away to tell the spies how to behave. Yeshua had a problem. What was Yeshua's problem? Yeshua was very idle. It was a very big anov. And being an anav, Maisha was concerned. What was Maisha's concern? That being an anav, perhaps, perhaps, Perhaps he'd be nespul from the meraglim, and when they're going to tell him how bad and how what and everything, he'd say, oh, "I'm not arguing with you. I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to. I don't want to voice my opinion. I'm an onov." <sniffs> says the Eibushter. Says Mesha. In that case, Yeshua needs a lot, a lot of. And that's why Moshe davens for Yeshua. Moshe davens for Yeshua, another issue. <speaking in Hebrew> a person davens for his friend and he himself needs a prayer also, his prayers are answered first. Moshe had a major problem here. Everyone knew Yeshua as his top disciple, his top Talmud. If according to Yeshua, the land was a problem then everybody would interpret that to be Moshe's also opinion and therefore Yeshua had to come through with the real truth so that nobody should think that Moshe thought there was a problem with the Holy Land especially when they said Moshe Meis Yeshua Machnas see a very interesting little mm-hmm. side note which is apikabola al Kopanam. Koliv binyefune runs to chevron, and he runs to the cave of Avish. Zechter What's in the, Why did he go to the cave of Why did he go to daven with Abram Avinu? He goes to daven with Abram Avinu. this is says, "I'm because Koliv had the neshama of Eliezer. Eliezer Evid Avram was Neshama came into Kali. And because he had Kali's Neshama he had Eliezer's Neshama that's why he was so impelled to go to Daven by Avram Avinu. Maybe Kabbalah, uh, something I've never seen in Kabbalah but obviously I haven't learned enough of it. Pesach then tells us, Moshe asks the Miraglim to check the land and to see, Is it a good land or not? Can we have sustenance? Can we live from what's in the land? Can the land support people? You just said, does the land have... Growth. So why are you asking if there's an eight? Another very, very powerful Kabbalistic explanation. Mesha was compared to the sun. The face is shown like the sun. Yeshua shone like the moon. Mesha knew that's a cell was associated with Malchus. Malchus was associated with levana Not the sun. So he felt maybe his own light was too great to go into that So he told the to see if there's a tree, an Eitz. Eitz refers to Eitz When you talk about Eitz Hachayim, Eitz is known as the sun. If there is an Eitz Achaim, which is the Indian of Teferes, then Moshe says, I can go into Eitz Achaim, I'd survive there. And the land can survive with me. Or, Mephashim tell us, that those that say that a Pashim meant, Eitz refers to anybody that's holy enough. A righteous person is called an Eitz, a Tzadik. And if this righteous person is there, then this would uphold the land, the land would have a schus to survive. There are other Mephoshim that say, the mother tells us in Babu Basra, Baba Muralif, that Mesha was referring to, when he said Eitz, he was referring to Eev. He wanted to know if Yiv was still in Edith Cell. If Yiv was still alive in Atsisel, cell, Eve was referred to as a tree, because he existed so many, many years. And he protected the tree, the generation like a tree, shades, that covers a shade. We find though that the Miragland do a very interesting thing. First of all the Prophet tells us they came back from the Mitura Aret, Keta Boy Myhem within the forty days. vayelchu and they went Vayuava and they went to and they came to Moshe. vayelchu is extra here, it's superfluous. Where they go to? Again I'll pick The are flying around over here. When the miraglim left, the miraglim got the nishamus of the shifta yudke, of all the shvatim. Each one of the miraglim got another shavit. So when they got the nishamus of all the shvatim, this was supposed to protect them. And they were supposed to speak good about it. When they came back and they had a bad report, the Nishamis left them. Didn't let them say it. So therefore the post says, "Vayelchu," And the Nishamas left them. And then Vaya al Mesha, then they came to Mesha with their own Nishamas, because they didn't have the proper intentions that they were supposed to have. Huh? the first time I ever heard anything positive said about the Miraga. Huh? The Tzaddikim, what are you talking about? They were ultimately they were tzaddikim. What was their whole problem? Their whole problem was that they were living in the midbar. They had mon. They had slov. They had the anane Covid. They needed to do nothing physical. They lived pure spirituality, pure ruchnius. Their clothes got washed. They didn't have to send to the dry cleaner. Can you imagine? That's all. That's it. A protest right there and there. Now he wants them in Israel. Um, they have to do nothing. Just sit and learn, Taylor, just bask in the of the Abishta. So if that's the case, they came to a land, a physical land, where they're going to have to work in the fields, they have to go out to work every day, and they're not going to be able to, do, to put themselves, devote themselves spiritually the way they were doing it in the Midbar. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they wanted to try to deter the people from entering the land, by saying something. In the, now let's, let's let's dissect one of the words they say. They collect in the land fruits. What fruits they collect? Grapes, pomegranate, and figs. But they were bigger than that. Irrelevant. Says the Tera. Very interesting lashon and in pasuk. And they told him. And they said, We came to the land of Shashalachton that you sent us. It also flows milk and honey. And these are the fruit, its fruits. Now in order to tell a lie, the only way you can tell a lie is if you start with a little bit of truth. Start with a little bit of truth, people start listening to you. You know this, uh, the famous story we tell about six zillion times of the guy in the box in, in, in Hyde Park in, in England. He got in a box, he wanted to attract people to listen to his Fakak <laughs> drasha about yashke So he says, my mother was born in Iceland, my father was born in Cuba, that makes me an ice cube. And then he started his people left and they thought he was a funny guy and they came to listen to his speech. <laughs> what happens over here? They have to start with a little truth. And they start with the truth saying, HaZavetz Chalavet Vash. And then they say, this is the only fruits that the land produces. What's so wrong with that? They were fruits. We so go. the children, we tell the children, they brought back such monster fruits that it frightened the people. They said, if that's how big the fruits are, how big are the giants? And the fam- like another story that we told a hundred thousand times, of the guy who was driving a, a truck full of cars. He was delivering cars. You see those trucks on the highway, they have ton- eight nine cars on them. Hebrish Goldin is driving at night, a dark highway, and his headlights went out. Headlights went out. He didn't know what to do. How do I drive now? So he decided he went up to the top car that was in the front, and he put on the headlights of the top car. Now he had headlights. He's driving on the highway, all of a sudden he has screech, crash, boom, zet. He pulls over, he jumps out, he goes to the side of the road, and he sees this guy, his car turned over. And he says, Rabid, what happened to you? He says, I'm driving my car. And all of a sudden I see headlights all the way up in the middle of the sky. I said, if that's how big they that's where the headlights are, who knows how big this car is? I got off the road. So this was the fright that they thought that oh he tell the children, how do they frighten them? Because they said, Zephiliya, look how big their fruits are. These people are extra large. The extra large uh, hotel. Extra large burgers, six foot in diameter. Extra large swimming pools. Now, let us re-examine the conversation. They were sent on a mission to see if the land produces... Sustenance. Does the land produce so that we can eat, so that we will have food? Do we have that in the land or not? What choose, they never listen to what you tell them to do. What do you need to produce food? You need wheat, you need barley, you need oil. This makes it. Ask any baker. What makes a what makes a cake? What makes a bread? You're not going to make it out of pomegranates, grapes, and, and, and dates, and figs. Vizepedia, you asked us if we could sustain ourselves, we could live in this land. I'm telling you, no, we can't. Because Vizepidia, this is the whole fruits, figs, pomegranates, grapes. So you don't have enough to live off of. So their lie had truth in it. It's fruits. It is fruits from the land. But it's not the fact that the, you can't sustain that the land doesn't have what to sustain the people. The land indeed did have wheat and barley and everything else. Then we find that Kalev and Yifuna is the one that yas Kalev. Kalev shuts everybody up. Now face value, we know, of course, the reason that Kalev had to do it; and nobody else. Why call and nobody else? Because why call and not Yeshua? Because Yeshua had a problem. Yeshua, whoa, not here at all. You want our to be killed? Yeshua was the one that the, he knew. Since he said, since the nevuah was that Moshe Mesa Yeshua machnes, so if Yeshua would stand up and say, since "The land is beautiful," they'd all say, "Yeah, you just want to." You it. want to go in. You want to kill Moshe and you want to take over. So, therefore, the hat to could be Kalev, and also Kalev had a lot of different qualities to him. And Kali was the one that brought about the attention that we don't have to rely on miracles, but we should rely on a miracle. The story it, of the Chassid of Yaakov Lando was a uh, Chassid by the Rebbe Rashab, by the Friedrich Rebbe, and by the Rebbe. He was the rabbi of B'nai Brak for many years as well. Yaakov Lando was a uh, been biased by the, by the Rebbe Rashab. Extremely close. And Yaakov Lando also subsides being the rabbi in the house had different, I guess, remedies for si- different sicknesses. wasn't necessarily a doctor, but he had remedies. There was at one point, there was a... a, a, a epidemic going around. The epidemic was going around, and Rabbi Akalanda was involved with healing the people. But he had to heal one after another after another, and got very involved with a lot of people, and ran himself into a problem. He caught the disease. When he caught the disease, he had to do something quick. But there was nothing to do, and he fell into a coma. Give me a couple of cells. He fell into a coma. Miraculously, over the weeks, he came back to himself, and he woke up from the coma. But he was still very, very weak. And during that time that he was in the coma, the Rebbe Rashad passed away. The Rebbe Rashad passed away. This was obviously a devastating blow to him. And whoever was around at the time when the, he came out of this didn't realize how close he was and told him what happened. told him what had happened. This of course did not do any good for his health. And he wrote a letter to the Rebbe. He wrote a letter to the Rashab who was now and Mrs. And he said to the Rebbe Rashab where would you go without me? Take me with you. I can't survive without you. The next day, Rabbi Lando had a visitor. The Friedrich Rebbe, Rayatz. The came to him, and the riyatz told him that the Rayats told him had a message from you. My father came to. Me, I was by the ale, by my father. Excuse me, in a stove, and my father sent a message that you should stop. With your foolish requests. The message from the, from the Rebbe Rashab, when his son went to the ale, the son came to him in the ale, and this was a message that the Rashab sent back. Now we have to really, of course, understand how this works and what this is all about, that the, the Rebbe went to the oil, and the Rebbe spoke to the Rebbe Rashab. But this is a different story of Mesa sadikim And we know another such story, where a Chassid, a Chassid had a, an inn, and the Chassid's inn, he sold vodka. One night the Chosub is closing up the inn and he hears him tumul. He hears tumul and the tumul. He goes downstairs to the vats, the and he sees two of his workers are taking out, they're siphoning out vodka. They're siphoning out vodka. And then they readjust the meter, as if there's no no vodka taken out. The government would come and check your meters and they see how much you sold. Here, if the meter says nothing was sold, nothing was sold. But the violet there's much vodka is missing. So immediately he fired the two workers and he decided he'll go the next morning to the police about it. The workers were not any, they were not friar and they ran to the police. And they told the police that this guy is a Ghana. And the proof is if you go check his vat you'll see that the meters turned back. So the police immediately came in and they checked and they arrested the fellow. Another fellow is up, up a creek because the fact is, things were turned back, not by him. And all the evidence pointed to him as a Ganov. They ran away, read to the Friedrich Rebbe, they told the Friedrich Rebbe the story, and the Friedrich Rebbe said that someone should go to Rostov. Travel was very far and dangerous, but the Chassidim pulled together enough money. It was expensive, and they sent one Chassid, Yaakov Landau, to stove to the Rebbe Rashab. Yaakov Landau went to the yesh, with Rashab, and and he begged that the Chassid should be saved. And that was it. The day of the trial came and they sat in trial and there was nothing that can help this guy out except for a miracle the prosecuting attorney presents the file to the judge the judge opens the file and everybody's sitting there holding their breaths what are they going to say and the judge starts to scream what is this a joke you bring me here how dare you show me these papers? And he tears the papers up and throws them in the garbage. And he says, you see those two men arrest them, they're gone of him. They're the thieves. Why is this man here? Set him out of here. He's free. And so the workers got their coming and the Chassid was freed by the visit for the ale of the Rebbe Rashab. So we see therefore the importance the relevance the relevance of a visiting the ail, the relevance of connecting with the Rebbe how come I can't write here Oh, there it is. Now I can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you see me. Okay. Now, wait minute. What happened to this one? This, they wrote they couldn't see me. I don't know why. Okay. Hold on, now there's another guy signing in. Oh, whoops, somebody just went off. This is a lot of fun, this. Uh, I don't know what this guy just wrote. Somebody else just wrote a message in the middle. Hold on, go down, go up, back up here. Okay, let me sign off, I'm signing off to the call back in. Okay, okay, that went off. Get the call back on. This thing is as a riot, what? So we see the development that Chassidim have, how Chassidim have to attach themselves, Chassidim have to attach themselves to the Rebbe, and even if it means going to the Ayyum. Pasha's shlach is ironic the irony of the Pasha is that it's broken up into different parts and they're broken up into different parts in the beginning we have the story of the Meraglim as we know but then thereafter there's different carbonas that are brought about the midst of taking chala karmchatas shabbos, tzitzis. But the whole passage is called about shalach, which is shalach lecha, which means that all the mitzvahs that are contained, the few mitzvahs, the three mitzvahs that are contained in the 119 sukkim of this parsha, are all based on the shalach of ascending, the, the chala, the tzitzis, and not to stray after the thoughts of the heart. And the sight of the eye. Uh, it's a mitzvah in its own. Let us examine first the mitzvah of challah. Rashiya Sari say says, The pasik, the first of your dough, you take off, and, and challah, you have to divide challah. Yeah. The Rebbe Taich is a beautiful pshat. Arisa is also a bed. Not only Arisa is a dough, Arisa also Arisa, a cradle, a bed. So the Pasik is telling us, Reishas when you start in the morning, Torimu, which is the words of Teda. So the person immediately has to start with the letters of Teda from the Reishas of Yisrael from the beginning of their morning. You have to educate the child from the cradle on, from the Arisa, the children's chinuch is already relevant. Chala is a very interesting word. Chala is spelled ches lamid he. Ches is Gematria eight, which goes the eight days of abris Lamid is thirty, which is the thirty days of Apidina ben. And He is Ben Chamesh the Mikra. At five years old, the child should start learning teda. So we see that the chala is a basis of education. So we see ultimately though the people were sent out, they were sent to Hayesh, they were sent out to the fields, they weren't sent into the Besmedash, go look if there's a shul, go look if there's a besmedesh. go look if there's a yeshiva, look if there's something spiritual there. So why were they not looking for the actual tzaddikim in the shul? So we know a tzaddik doesn't set himself on the side, a tzaddik involves himself with the people. When a tzaddik involving himself in the people... Therefore, the tzaddikim were recognized and seen outside in the streets. Davka. Yeah. The passage tells us that the meragdim, as we spoke before, cut off three different types of fruits. They cut off. The rimein, the cut off the pomegranate, the grapes and the date and the figs. The Rizal translates this and says that Bikurim when we take the first fruits that grow on our tree to the Vesamidash, this does a kapara, this brings about kapara Forgiveness for the Chet For the sin of the Meragun. Because they spoke against these fruits, therefore, they have to be forgiven through these fruits. But we find in the Mishnah, a very interesting Mishnah in Bikurim, that we, are, that we separate Bikurim And the mission says, and the mission says that the mafreshim bikurim gefen It brings down only if he found that the ena gefen and rimein. Why only those fruits does the mission bring down? Because it's hinting to us. That those are the fruits that the Miragun found, that the Meragun brought. And therefore, it's these fruits that are Mechaper that give forgiveness for the Chet of Miragam said they saw these giants. The giants were scary. They were horrific. They were so big. They were so large. And we looked like little ants. They once asked the Rebbe Marash when we learn and he explained when you learn a piece of Gemara, when we learn something that a Tana said or a Meda said what happens is, ultimately, we climb on the shoulders of that person that said it. And that person mounts us on their shoulders, and we ride on their kichas. <laughs> and we're just lucky, said the Neresht, that he doesn't flick us off. <laughs> what are you doing, riding my shoulders? The miragum, therefore, we turn to, as we said before, where their essence was not so wicked their essence was not so bad and they were not looking tafka to curse they were not looking to hurt they were looking to keep the spirituality going they were looking to keep spirituality at a level that only in the midbar were they able to have the ascertain. And therefore, when they come about, they say, we're not able to conquer these people. They're stronger than us. They're greater than us. They're bigger than us. The idea was that they were complaining, we're going to have to come on to miracles. And this was the mistake of the miracle. Nobody asked you, can a miracle be performed or not? Can a miracle happen? Nobody's asking you. You were asked to go see and come back and report. If it, what you come back, your findings of the report is that a miracle is needed, David should provide the miracle. Don't you mix in how, what, when, and where the miracle is going to happen. And this is therefore the problem that they had, the shortcoming that they had, they said that extra word. Don't end words that don't belong there. Had they just said and stuck to their report, they would have been fine. Later, the Pasuk tells us is that prayers for the Eden, Moshe prayers for the Eden, he says, avin av- praying for the fathers and the children. <sighs> Very interesting, muscle. A wolf was about to eat a fox. He was about to kill off the fox. The fox said, I am nothing. I am so small. I am so insignificant. Go get a person. Go find a person and devour a person. There you are going to have what to eat. You will have the meat. You will have everything. He says, We are not allowed to eat people. This is what are you worried about? You're not going to get punished for it. Your children will be punished for it. You just go eat the pretty person. Enjoy. And you worry about it afterwards. And we know a fact that the children get punished for their father's sins, for their parents' sins. So the wolf said, okay. And he started going and he got caught in a trap. And he's screaming and he's yelling and he's crying. And the fox comes along and says, hey, what happened? He says, What do you mean? You sent me to go do this stupid thing, and I got punished for it. Said, No. Chukhan. You got punished for what your father did. When your father went and ate a person, so now you got punished for it. He says, why do I deserve to be punished for my father? <laughs> You are ready to go to an avera. Your child should be punished for you. And I. you are asking why you are being punished for your father. <laughs> this is the Chukatlul that you are going about. And this is what the passage tells us, how the child pays for the sin of the father. So as we said before, this is Yudbe'ez, Yudgimel Sivan already. We are past Yudbe'ez, we are past the days of Ashlama. We're past the days of making up, compensation, compensating, and finishing with the of Heshuvus. And we go into the time of summer. As you know, the perilous time of summer, that summer has so many different trials and tribulations for people, and how many different tests people are put put through. And it's therefore something that we have to daven and pray that we can get through, that we can overcome, so that we prepare through the summer, we prepare ourselves for the coming tishay, and we go into a good year and a happy year, and a gizun zuma. And next week we'll talk about how the tzitzis that Meshev, talks at the end of our parasha of tzitzis, and how what Yishev may say is, by wearing tzitzis and you see them, They remind you of the mitzvahs Hashem. And that's why it's so important, even in the hot summer days, to wear tzitzvahs, because they always remind us of the mitzvahs of Hashem. And the question is, how do they remind us of mitzvahs Hashem? We said before, the word tzitzvahs is written tzadik yud, tzadik yud saf. Tzadik is 90 and yud is 10. So Tzadik and Tzadik is 200, and Saf is 400. 600. 600. The tzitzis has 8 strings. That's 608. And the tzitzis has 5 knots. That's 613. What may say, when you'll see a tzitzis, you'll remember all the mitzvahs of Hashem. Okay, now, unfortunately, I'm going to be a bad boy tonight, and shave off 5 minutes. Because I've got to get to a l'chaim of uh, cousins slash nephew. And uh, it's in Borough Park. I've got to get there. I should have been there at 8.30. I'm not going to get to 10.30, obviously. So I really have to move. We're going to cut this here short. Layla tov to all. Aratzlacha. And Shabbat Shalom. My will be there.